This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Let's continue the conversation right now and speak to the executive mayor of the city of Cape Town, Gordon Hill Lewis, to give us more perspective around uh, this ongoing taxi strike out in the Western Cape. And the sparks are flying as the Cape Town mayor has fired back at Transport Minister Cindy Siwe Chikunga. And this uh, taxi strike saga has taken another wild turn as the mayor is saying he, he won't hold back. And Mayor Hill Lewis is joining us to indeed uh, give us a perspective on exactly what the situation is right now and how far negotiations are going. Good to have you on the program uh, this morning, Mayor. Good morning. It's lovely to be with you. Yeah, good to be here, despite the circumstances, I must say. I mean, uh, you've emphasized that the impounding of taxis is based on national laws and and not the city's bylaws. How do you address concerns that this might be perceived as an overreach of authority on your part? And, And what steps are being taken to ensure that there's transparency in implementing these impoundments. Thank you very much. Each each vehicle that is impounded is, a, is impounded for an offence under the National Land Transport Act. And either the person who is guilty of that offence, just like you and I and your listeners when we receive a traffic fine, we have the right to challenge that traffic fine or we can pay it. Uh, so too do they have the right to challenge the, uh, the impound notice and uh, and take it to challenge it in court if they wish. Uh, first in traffic court, and if they lose there, then in the magistrate's court and the high court and so on. If they, if they, the fact is that that has never been done, not once. Uh, we have heard a lot of complaints about uh, these impoundments, but not one of them has been challenged. And I think the reason for that is because our officers actually do keep evidence. They take photos of, of uh, the infringements, the offense. Those photos are available on our digital evidence management system. Uh, sometimes there's video evidence as well. Uh, and so we can show that these, these impoundments are not frivolous. They are not malicious. They are not vindictive. They are actually designed to keep both the passengers inside the taxi safe or other road users who are who are often terrorized and intimidated and and manhandled by taxi drivers to to keep them safe as well but the transport minister has mentioned that uh, the taxi industry has indeed expressed reservations about the conditions for operating licenses which have been introduced by the city. Could you elaborate on what these conditions entail and how they might impact the taxi operators? Are there any plans for indeed revisiting or reconsidering these conditions? Uh, no, sir. Just to correct you, the, the, license, uh, the operating licenses are issued by the Western Cape Provincial Government. Oh, yes, yeah. Operating licenses. We simply enforce them. Uh, and the, those those uh, licenses contain 46 conditions. Uh, they are publicly available. Those conditions, I, obviously, I can't read through them now. I have them here, but they're 46. Sure, of them. Sure. But uh, but again, generally, they are aimed at keeping commuters safe and getting and getting taxi drivers to obey the law and to conduct themselves in a way that uh, would expect when you are transporting 15 people. Uh, at, you know, if they are obeying the, the capacity uh, limits, then they are, they are transporting 16 lives. Uh, often uh, they are transporting children if they, if they have a scholar transport license. And so they, you know, they have a profound responsibility to, to obey the law and to drive safely. And when they don't do that, the, 
Fines don't work. This is the key point that we have made since the beginning. Issuing fines simply doesn't work with taxi drivers. They never pay the fines. Mm. And then you have to wait until you get an arrest warrant at some future date and hope that you can find that same taxi driver uh, at a a road stop or or something so that you can execute that arrest warrant. But other than that, it just doesn't work. Whereas the impoundment works immediately to change behavior because that driver knows if they do not uh, obey the rules of the road, they stand a chance to lose their vehicle. At the same time, I mean, you've also highlighted the importance of uh, commuter safety and upholding the rule of law. However, this taxi strike has resulted in scenes of lawlessness and, and disruption, even the loss of life. How does the city then plan to balance the need for safety with the right to protest? And, and what measures are in place to prevent escalations of violence during such strikes? Yes, of course, we are very distressed by the incidents of violence uh, and the loss of life. As you said in your introduction, we have had, I think, five deaths now, including one of our law enforcement officers, uh, Officer Zanikaya uh, Quinana, who who was uh, murdered on the weekend uh, by, you know, rogue taxi operators. And it's important for me to stress that it is not every taxi operator that has been engaged in violence. Um, I, I know that we have got tens of thousands of taxi drivers in the city, and not all of them are engaging in violence and, and, and mayhem. But there are a sufficient, uh, sufficiently large minority of them that it has caused a lot of uh, disruption. We have got a huge deployment across the city of, of law enforcement, metro police, traffic. And I must also say and give thanks to the SAPS as well, who have responded terrifically uh, they have got a huge deployment as well of SAPS, and that has resulted in a, we are now on just about 24 hours without incidents, which is really, really pleasing. I, I was just thrilled this morning when I when I woke up and got the latest report from uh, for, for the overnight from our uh, incident commanders saying that there's nothing happened overnight. We'll continue to get a perspective of the situation right now, but our listeners are also keen to speak to you. Let's maybe take one call uh, from Justice and Alex. He's got a question for you. Uh, if you may just be patient with us, uh, Mayor Gordon Hill-Lewis. Uh, of course, speaking to us about the situation out in the Western Cape, accompanying this uh, strike by uh, Santaco in the Western Cape. Justice, what's on your mind? Uh, I'd like to know from the mayor, I, why is it that taxi op- uh, operators that to have uh, permits, whereas Ubers, uh, in fact, here, here's a scenario. For a tech owner, he cannot have uh, a uh, license, but Ubers can operate without uh, Ubers license. The, the issue uh, to Uber is related. Under whom is those uh, Uber uh, permits going to be issued under? Because... Uh, Oh, uh, Justice's line is not the best there, but I think we mm-hmm. get the nub of his uh, question centering around uh, why do Uber drivers, uh, why are they not uh, required to have an operating license versus uh, taxi operators being required to have this at hand? Yes, I'm so glad that Justice asked that question because this is a common misunderstanding. In fact, when I came into office, I had Uber drivers marching to my office because we were impounding so many Ubers for not having licenses. And so when, when people accuse us of targeting uh, minibus taxi drivers, I wish that they were there at that time when 
uh, when we, we I had a I had a march of Uber drivers to my office that we were pounding Ubers as well, uh, you know, very very often, and we are still doing that. The fact is, uh, to to answer justice, Ubers do require an operating license, just like taxi drivers, and we do impound them all the time. What has recently happened is that the provincial government has issued about three and a half thousand new uh, Uber operating licenses. Of course, I'm, I'm saying Uber, but I include Bolt and, and Lyft and the others as well. Sure. Three and a half thousand for what are called e-hailing licenses. And, and so that pressure has eased somewhat, but we are still absolutely impounding them all the time. And that question just proves that we are doing this uh, even-handedly. We are not targeting many bus taxi drivers. Of course, there's been intervention from uh, national government with the transport minister, Cindy Chikunga, urging the city to return to the negotiating table and address areas of disagreement. Could you provide insight into the specific points of contention between the city and the taxi industry? So the main thing is around impoundments. They believe that we uh, are, are impounding them unfairly. I think that the evidence and our data from our impoundments will show that we are not targeting them unfairly. We are we are uh, we are enforcing the law. Uh, the National Land Transport Act empowers us to impound, and it is the most effective mechanism we have to get them to actually obey the rules of the road and to protect the safety of of their passengers and other road users. Then uh, they also have a complaint about the number of licenses that they can access. Again, that's not a complaint that we can deal with. That is a provincial government issue. Um, but they do have a complaint around the number of licenses. And then they have a number of smaller issues. But, but really, the two big things are the impoundments and the licenses. Well, one person who is uh, supporting your move is uh, one of our listeners, uh, Moses in Bramley, who wants to contribute to the conversation. Moses, what's on your mind? Good morning, good morning, Sandra. I said big up to Cape Town. Laws should be maintained and laws should be adhered to. Uh, we are experiencing the same thing with taxi drivers all over South Africa. They have been law unto themselves. I, I really said uh, uh, big up to you guys. You must maintain the law. The bylaws should be adhered to. We are just suffering by people who I mean, Ooh, Moses' line is also not the best there, but I think, again, we've got the nub of, of his response there. But uh, more generally, I mean, in your response, uh, Mayor, you've also mentioned that uh, Cape Town will not tolerate violence as a negotiating tactic. And there have been reports emerging that uh, apparently at uh, one meeting, uh, the taxi bosses came armed. I mean, how do you plan to ensure that negotiations remain constructive and that grievances are addressed without resorting to disruptive actions here? Yeah, well, I mean, just following from Moses' call, I really appreciate that and, and totally agree with, with Moses. The, the fact is that our road deaths uh, in South Africa are unacceptably high, and a huge proportion of them involve taxis. And that is because taxis take unacceptable risks on our road. They drive badly. They drive unsafely. And again, I'm not, I'm not generalizing to all taxis, but a significant portion of them. And we have no effective mechanism. Again, fines do not work. The thing that works is impoundments to get them to change behavior and take safety seriously. So for the sake of all, all uh, commuters and passengers, we are going to stick to our, uh, to our plan here and the rule of law so that we can make our roads safer for everyone. That is why we are not, uh, to come to your question, that is why we are not 
negotiating at the moment. We said that we will not negotiate while there is violence on the streets. We have had now nearly 24 hours of peace and quiet. And so if that con uh, continues, we can go back to the negotiating table. That is the commitment that I made, and I will honor that commitment. But I was not going to talk uh, while, while there was full violence happening outside. Mm. Uh, because I, I, we, we must never send a message in South Africa that if you want to get something from government, the best way to do that is to burn stuff and to cause mayhem. Mm. In fact, we want to send the opposite message, that if you do that, you will never get anything. Now, the strike has also led to a number of road blockades and disruptions for ordinary citizens accessing essential services. I mean, just a short while ago, we heard about uh, just the, the, the effect on, on businesses as well as retailers in that particular region. How do you plan to ensure that these negotiations remain constructive and that we see an end to this, this impact of such strikes on, on residents in the city? So Santaco has said that they plan to end the strike tomorrow. I know that they have a meeting today, and so you know I suppose there is still a risk that they, that they announce that they are extending the strike. I sincerely hope that they don't do that, and excuse me, and that we can go back to uh, some degree of normality tomorrow morning. Um, the, as I said, there are no constructive negotiations at the moment because we will not negotiate with, with people perpetrating violence. But if this this period of, of peace and quiet on our roads does continue, uh, we are now approaching 24 hours. If it does continue past the 24-hour mark, then uh, then we can certainly start to talk with them again. And finally, looking forward and beyond the current strike, how does the city plan to strengthen its uh, public transportation infrastructure and also ensure a more efficient and inclusive transportation system that addresses the needs of all citizens in the city? Ah. That is, a, that is a really great question. We, so we are building a, uh, a My City. Uh, it's, our, it's our version of Rio Vire and, and the BRT. It's called My City. It's, it's very, very functional. It works extremely well. It goes around the city. And we're extending the dedicated lane uh, for the My City all the way to Mitchell's Plain and Kailicha. I think that is probably the biggest uh, infrastructure project for a bus system in the whole country. It's an 8 billion rand project. We've already started construction. It's happening right now. Uh, but that is a bus system. You will. You, uh, I hope that you have heard over the last two years that I have been consistently also calling for the city to be given the chance to run the uh, train system from Metro Rail and Prasa. The fact is that the pressure on our commuters would be much, much less over the strike if the trains were actually running, uh, and, and sadly they are running, uh, you know, very very little at all. And so again, I think the only way that we will build a truly inclusive public transport system for the future is if we can manage the train system and make sure that it runs effectively and runs all the time and safely for commuters. Let me thank you for your time. That's a Gordon Hill Lewis, the mayor of Cape Town. Thank You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.